partnerships will advance security through stability, not through radical disruption. We will make decisions based on real-world outcomes, not inflexible ideology. We will be guided by the lessons of experience, not the confines of rigid thinking. And wherever possible, we will seek gradual reforms, not sudden intervention. We must seek partners. We must stop what they're doing to inspire, because they do nothing to inspire but kill. And it means standing together against the murder of innocent Muslims, the oppression of women, the persecution of Jews, and the slaughter of Christians. Religious leaders must make this absolutely clear. Barbarism will deliver you no glory. Piety to evil will bring you no dignity. If you choose the path of terror, your life will be empty, your life will be brief, and your soul will be fully condemned. That, of course, was President Donald Trump making a major speech to leaders of 50 Muslim countries on fighting terrorism, and more of it in a moment. But apart from our political leaders expressing condolences with the people of Manchester for the atrocity there, and some talk about keeping Australia safe, there was almost no serious discussion in Parliament, especially about the important points made by the American President in a calm and considered manner that deserved more play than it got. Delegations and other MPs from overseas regularly come into Parliament House to watch proceedings from the gallery. You have to wonder what they make of it, especially last week. After a warm and generous welcome from the Speaker Tony Smith, they settle down to a spectacle that can only be described as a hollow farce. Almost all of the opposition front bench's questions were devoted unsuccessfully to trying to get the Prime Minister and the Treasurer to concede that the amount they would raise from the budget's popular bank tax would fall short of the $6.2 billion claim for it. Yet the opposition claims to support the bank tax and will vote for it. Coalition MPs were just as bad. The majority of their questions were nothing more than prompts for ministers to confirm that, unlike Labour, the government would fully fund a national disability insurance scheme. And behaviour was unruly. The Speaker had to reject several MPs from the chamber for ignoring his repeated warnings. Over the four days of sittings, and during the previous week, there was no question of note on Australian foreign policy and almost nothing on economic or trade policy either. Foreign Minister Julie Bishop was asked about the Manchester atrocity and provided details of scaled-up warnings to people thinking of going to the UK, and that was pretty well it. The 83 strokes of the cane that two gay men suffered as punishment for having consensual sex in the Indonesian state of Aceh led to a senator demanding an end to Australia's aid to the province, but not much discussion on that either. 
Yet, last week was the week when the Trump administration was seeking Australian government agreement to send back soldiers to Afghanistan as part of a US-led surge to flush out terrorist groups that have made their way back into the country. Surprisingly, no questions about this. And the key question that needs asking and debating is whether the White House intends to do this as a repeat of the previous ambitious attempt to remake Afghanistan, or is it just to prevent it becoming a haven for terrorism again from which to plan and stage attacks. Last week was also the week when Britain's Theresa May was trying to persuade G7 and other world leaders to combine in an effort to force the owners of Facebook and YouTube, a unit of Google, to stop publishing terrorist propaganda, which very recently has included videos and instructions on how to make a bomb. I didn't see this raised in Parliament either. And last week was Donald Trump's first overseas visit since becoming president, with major announcements in Saudi Arabia and Israel, before attending a NATO summit in Brussels that went badly wrong, and an uncomfortable G7 meeting in Sicily. All of these got mainstream media attention, but none of it was discussed in Parliament. The President looks as if he's pivoting back to the Middle East, and we can expect to be drawn back there with him. He made no bones about his message in Riyadh, targeted at the leaders of 50 Muslim-majority countries. Gone was the anti-Muslim rhetoric of the election campaign. Instead, he said he wanted to wish all Muslims a joyful Ramadan, and then asked them all to combat terrorism. America is prepared to stand with you in pursuit of shared interests and common security. But the nations of the Middle East cannot wait for American power to crush this enemy for them. The nations of the Middle East will have to decide what kind of future they want for themselves, for their country, and frankly, for their families and for their children. It's a choice between two futures, and it is a choice America cannot make for you. A better future is only possible if your nations drive out the terrorists and drive out the extremists. Drive them Drive them out of your places of worship. Drive them out of your communities. Drive them out of your holy land. And drive them out of this earth. Listening to this, you could say, so far so good. And there were some positives to come from it. Like a deal with Saudi Arabia and other Gulf leaders to crack down on financing terrorism. It's been well documented that a good tranche of money supporting ISIS has come from this part of the world. In this context, Saudi's King Salman and President Trump opened in Riyadh a new global centre for combating extremism ideology. Given the history that Saudi Arabia has been the principal exporter of the Wahhabi Islam theology that inspired many jihadis, including the Saudis that were among the 9-11 terrorists, this is an interesting move. Maybe Malcolm Turnbull could open a branch in Australia. Maybe I missed it, but I didn't see this reported on the ABC, where anything that Trump does that could be seen as constructive is usually ignored.
It would be nice to think that we could have a proper debate on Australia's role in the Middle East in the Parliament. After all, isn't that what Parliament's for?